3: Indeed believes less is more. That's why they have powerful tools to help you source, screen, and hire quality people faster. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back to the program. It's been across America. Mike Pritchard with you live from Las Vegas. Your other host is live on the East Coast out there in Boston, Josh Applebaum. And happy to have in studio with us right now, special guest, Sean King, former National Football League quarterback, Tampa and Arizona.
4: How are you doing? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here in this great city of Las Vegas and got to come talk a little sports betting with you guys today. It couldn't be better. Absolutely. Happy to have you. Josh, uh,
3: so I'm a, I'm a newbie. I'm a rookie when it comes to sports betting. Sean? Have you been sports betting for a while, and so how's it going so far? So
4: I've always like, looked at it as something that I thought would be very intriguing and interesting. Of okay. course, when you're coaching or playing, you can't, mm-hmm. so I haven't been doing those <laughs> right. periods. But as a broadcaster, yeah, I kind of got into it. I like it. I consider myself an expert, you know, plus I'm always pulling for my pockets. So That's right. <laughs> if we I like- can help enhance sure. you know, the amount of uh, greenbacks in the pockets for me and the listeners and viewers, that's always a good thing.
2: Well, Sean, it's great to meet you for the first time, and I remember watching you when you played for the Bucks when I was younger, so it's great to uh, now be a colleague of yours, uh, really a thrill for me. But uh, since you're a wise guy, let me ask you, what was your take on the NBA game last night? And then any thoughts on tonight? We're seeing this move toward the Bucks. They got down to minus seven. Looks like they're up to minus eight, eight and a half now. Uh, just any thoughts on last night's game and, and the way you see uh, maybe the Hawks and the Bucks tonight?
4: Well, if Paul George disappears, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, like everyone else that had the Clippers, I mean, it's it's hard to fathom that the best player currently on the Clippers roster that's active can't make a free throw Mm -hmm. at the end of Mm -hmm. the game to at least put Phoenix in a situation to have to hit three. But the end of the game was very interesting. I think long-term, there's some things that the NBA definitely has to look at regarding replay. I truly believe that when you go to replay, you should not allow the teams to utilize that as an extra training session. Because if that doesn't happen, then Phoenix doesn't get a chance to get 10 minutes basically to draw up right. the best possible outcome you know, to make themselves successful. But you win some, you lose some. I think the Clippers did not lose any confidence. I feel like they feel like they're a better team than Phoenix. And I think uh, they'll come out and hopefully show it in the next game. As for tonight, I had a future bet on the Bucks before the uh, playoff started okay. to win the entire NBA championship, so I'm definitely pulling from my pockets with that. I actually like the fact that it looks like they're telling us that Milwaukee's a much better, not slightly mm-hmm. or short of, but much better team than Atlanta Hawks, and I hope it plays out like that.
3: You know, Josh and I, we were going over the fact that uh, Bogdanovich, uh, that knee might be a concern too, maybe a, a reason for some line movement, um, but it's up to eight, though. I mean, that's a, that's a big move from yesterday to today. It
4: is, and I don't think DeShenzo came back. Uh, I think he's out for the playoffs as far (laughs) as I know. But I think (laughs) NBA is about Mm matchups. And I think Milwaukee matches up with Atlanta – defensively much better than the Knicks or the 76ers and at the same time all the guys are on the court can actually score right where I felt like when Atlanta played New York they didn't really have to guard Julius Randle he was shooting like the basket was moving outside of Derrick Rose they really didn't have any offensive firepower same thing with the 76ers you don't really have to guard Ben Simmons you know Embiid played excellent but outside of Embiid and Curry in a couple games not a lot of offensive firepower so I think Milwaukee brings a lot more to the table for making Atlanta have to defend.
2: In. Sean, I'm right there with you. And, you know, one thing that we're looking at some breaking news right now, maybe not breaking. We kind of thought this would happen, but it looks like Chris Paul is getting upgraded to probable for the next game here against the Clippers for game three. Obviously, you're down 0 2 here with the Clippers. And, uh, Sean, we saw this game open pretty much a pick 'em. It was minus one either way, depending on what side you were looking at. And we're now seeing a lot of these pick 'em prices move now to Suns minus one. Maybe we get to Suns minus one and a half. So, uh, how do you cap this game? Do you like this spot? You know, the Suns, how can you not take them laying such a short number here with Chris Paul back? But also, should we be wary of a bounce-back spot with the Clippers? Remember, they were down 0-2 last series came back, uh, would you be looking at maybe a buy-low spot on the Clippers this next
4: game? I'm very bullish on the Clippers because if they're going to have any chance in this series, they're going to have to win game three. I think they understand that. I think they have a veteran coach in Ty Lue who made some adjustments on Devin Booker in, the, in that second game, a game they should have won. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chip on their shoulder. I think you're going to get the best version of the Clippers in game three.
3: Yeah, we uh, are about cashing tickets here at VSIN.com. Uh, looking forward to uh, the analysis from Sean King uh, as we move forward on the program because uh, he's all about, about patting those pockets uh, <laughs> as well. So love to hear that here at Vsin uh, and looking forward to that expertise. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by Bet MGM. I'm Mike Richards, your host out here in Las Vegas. Your other host, Josh Applebaum, on the East Coast out in Boston and in studio with us right now. He played National Football League quarterback in the National Football League from 99 to 2004, Tampa Bay uh, and the Arizona Cardinals. Sean King, welcome into the show. Hey, thanks
4: for having me, Mike. Of course. I'm excited to be here, man. I am. I love Vegas. I'm actually moving back okay. to Vegas full time, <laughs> me and my family, so I'm excited. Well, let's talk some football.
3: We got an NFL quarterback, Josh Applebaum. Uh, so, we're going to get to some some futures here, some Super Bowl futures because, okay, Tampa Bay quarterback, uh, Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl. They did. In Tampa Bay, and they brought everybody back. And uh, so, looking at the odds right now, uh, the Chiefs plus 450, Buccaneers plus 800, Rams 12 to 1, 49ers 12 to 1. You've seen the offseason, you've seen some moves. Early thoughts, maybe some uh, early leans uh, in terms of of who you think is going to win the Super Bowl.
4: I don't bet with my heart. Okay, And I'm from Tampa, full disclosure. Let me me be clear. But let me ask you a question. If we get to the last quarter of the season Mm -hmm. and Tampa's already at 11 wins, you're going to be looking at that plus 800 like that was free money. Like they are the defending champions. They have everyone back. They have a guy in Tom Brady who's looking to put even more distance between him and Bill Belichick as to why Mm -hmm. the New England Patriots were successful as they were. Bruce Arians, this is Mm -hmm. most likely his swan song. If they win another one, he wants to walk out back-to-back Super Bowl champion, hopefully turn that team over to his offensive or defensive coordinator. So, I I mean, all the pieces are in place from a talent standpoint, from a motivation standpoint. I think Tampa plus 800 is a lot of value.
2: Well, Sean, what you said a minute ago—music to my ears—you don't bet with your heart, you bet with your head. And you know, uh, pretty soon, hopefully, you'll get to know me. I'm a, I'm a gross contrarian better. I like to bet against the public. I like to look at line movement, all that analytics-type stuff. That's kind of my niche here. But um, I wanted to ask you in terms of the win total for the Bucks because I made a play on that Bucks over 11 and win total. To me, so number one, the market's telling you the juice is way to the over minus 150. I think about a month ago it was minus 125. So Looks like more actions coming in on that over win total. Remember, 11-5 last year, you're getting an extra 17th game this year. You're going to have to uh, – or not have to worry about, you know, Drew Brees anymore in that division. Brady in year two, kind of an easy schedule. Do you like that over 11 and a half win total for your former team, the Bucks?
4: You know, I'd like the uh, over if it was still a 16-game schedule. The fact that we have an extra game to get to 12, I like even more. I just think Tampa's all about their business. I think this is a team that – Understands what they did last year. It was kind of an outlier by that. I mean going on the road for all three playoff wins I think they understand home field advantage is gonna be important I think they're gonna play with that sense of urgency and I think they're gonna roll people I think this gonna be one of the more dominant regular seasons We've seen in a while and let me put a caveat on everything involving <laughs> pro sports if they stay healthy, right?
3: Well, I was about to ask you okay 17 regular season games I mean It's still 20 when you count the three preseason games. Mm -hmm. Normally it was four preseason games uh, and 16 regular season games. So I think from the player's standpoint, it's just playing later on in the calendar. How do you think that's going to affect, though, uh, the season in terms of from a quarterback's perspective and and how teams will go about the 17-game regular season
4: schedule? (sighs) I I don't know. I think it's one of those unknowns. Okay, uh, The NFL was already the only – major professional sports league where every game really matters anyway so I just think it, it might enhance it even more sort of like the NBA adding the play-in sort of game by having that last four seeds have like the battle out I think that's probably what it'll add as we closer to the end of the season and it'll include maybe an extra team or two because they get an extra game to kind of deserve to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm.
2: Sean, let me throw this at you. So I'm from Boston. Pritch knows this. Everything on the show always comes back to New England. But I want to get an outsider's perspective, a former NFL quarterback perspective. (laughs) Yeah, so don't hold it against me here, Sean. But uh, Cam Newton against Mac Jones. What's your take on this QB battle? You know, Cam Newton, I'm looking at a prop bet at DraftKings right now. He's a minus 300 favorite to be the Patriots week one starting quarterback right now, Mac Jones plus 225, but is this, you know, what's up with cams throwing motion? Do you expect him to, to be better this year? You think he will be, you know, he had COVID switched teams. He was late to the team uh, in the off season, Didn't have a lot of those OTAs and stuff to get you ready. Just your take on the cam Newton versus Mac Jones quarterback battle. Who do you give the edge to and maybe long-term, who do you give the edge to You know, later in the season? Can Mac Jones catch up to Cam Newton?
4: Well, let me first off put some respect on Cam Newton's name. He is a former NFL MVP that led his team to the actual championship game, and most people cannot name a receiver on that squad not named Steve Smith. So it's not like he's ever been surrounded by elite talent, yet he's been very successful. So I think he deserves a lot more credit, and he deserves his flowers while he's still living. Having said that, I think Cam's going to be in a situation that James is going to be in in New Orleans. I think this is going to be a dual role. I think regardless of how well Cam plays, I think they're going to want to develop Mac Jones, get him some live reps. Just like in New Orleans, it'll be a different role for Taysom. But I think Jameis is going to have to be comfortable with, you know, Taysom coming in and doing what he does. And I think that's what they're looking to do in New England. It's a young man's game. Mm-hmm. You know, No matter how well Mac Jones – I mean, uh, Cam plays. Mac's the quarterback of the future. Uh, if Cam stays healthy, I do think he'll be the starter the entire season. But I do expect Mac to come in and have, and play and play early and have role
3: We're speaking with a a former quarterback in the National Football League, uh, Sean King, played with Tampa and Arizona, uh, getting his perspective on these quarterback battles, too. So, uh, Jameis, he's minus 275 uh, in terms of uh, odds to start week one. Uh, You saw him play out there in Tampa, uh, nicknamed 30 for 30. I don't know how he's going to shake that. But yet, new start in New Orleans uh, there with Sean
4: Payton. See, I always try and peel back. The layers a little bit. Sean Payton is a genius. Okay. But he's also a very prideful person, and he's a person that likes to be right. And what better feather in his cap than to take a quarterback that wasn't good enough? for a division rival and turn him into a championship caliber player. And when you look at what Jameis does well, he already is outstanding. Mm -hmm. Just teaching him to limit the turnovers is all Sean has to do. So I fully expect Jameis to be the quarterback there. I think he's going to have a lot of success. I wouldn't be surprised if he went and made a Pro Bowl. New Orleans has talent on offense. He has all the pieces around him. I know they had some turnover from a coaching standpoint, but from a personnel standpoint, Tampa was at New Orleans in the playoffs. So they have been really good. A lot of times they're over Overlook when you're talking about elite teams in this league, but they're going to be good, and Jameis will be the starter. Sean,
2: sure, another quarterback battle that a lot of bettors can get down on in the prop market is the San Francisco 49ers. So, uh, remember, we saw some crazy stuff with the draft where uh, a lot of these prop bets were saying Mac Jones 3 the whole time, and then the day of the draft we saw ridiculous steam to Trey Lance, which ended up being right. But right now you're looking at Jimmy G around minus 275 here to start game one of the upcoming season here. Trey Lance plus, uh, plus 220. But Shanahan has hinted at, hey, this could be a battle. You know, he's not going to hold the age uh, against, you know, the lack of youth or or experience against Trey Lance. How do you take this one? You know, do you expect Jimmy G to start off and, you know, kind of, you know, bring Lance along slowly? Or if he looks great, could Lance at plus, you know, 220 cash you that week one ticket?
4: I don't think week one Trey has any chance to start barring Jimmy getting injured, which, I mean, is definitely possible. You look <laughs> at Jimmy's before. history <laughs> in the league. But I do think Trey Lance will play a Taysom hill tight role in San Francisco. They didn't give up what they gave up to trade up to three to draft a guy that's not going to play for two years. I think they understood they needed some – Differentiation maybe in their offensive approach to kind of break up just the wide zone play action, you know, they've become accustomed and known for. It. So Trey gives them that QB run game. He also has a big arm, can push the ball down the field. Probably not ready from an experience or exposure standpoint to be a 60, 70 player game quarterback, but he will play. But to answer your question, Jimmy will be the week one starter bar and injury. Speaking with uh, Sean King, former National Football League quarterback, Tampa Bay, Arizona.
3: He's in studio in Las Vegas with us right here, betting across America. Uh, and v the Sports Betting Network. Uh, so, Sean, there's one move I, I think that could just turn the football world Green insane. Bay. Yeah, let's go there. <laughs> let's go there. Okay. Um, what do you make of this situation with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, is it too late in the process as you're preparing for the season from a quarterback's perspective? Uh, do you go to go with Jordan Love at this point if you're Green Bay? And then um, uh, at some point, Aaron Rodgers has got to play somewhere. I, I don't think he's just set – on, on retiring and not playing in twenty twenty
4: one. This is a tough one to read. It, it really is, because for whatever reason, Aaron has not gotten the public vitriol that Deshaun Watson got when he said, I'm not playing for Houston anymore. So so this will be interesting how this plays out. I think Aaron has a little more cachet. He's a Super Bowl champion. I think he probably has a little more of an authoritative platform within that organization. But Once it gets to the point where those fines become substantial, you don't just like to give money away as NFL players. I do think he'll show up, but it'll be very uncomfortable. I think it it tears the organization apart because it's like, who do I side with? And if Aaron's around, can I talk to the GM? If the GM's around, can I talk to Aaron? I don't want that person to feel like I'm choosing one over the other. And Jordan Love, unfortunately, is the one that loses in all of this. This is a no-win situation for Jordan Love because he's not going to beat Aaron Rodgers right off the box. And I don't know that Green Bay is good enough as a complete football team to have a young quarterback and still be a second, third round of the playoffs organization. So it's unfortunate for Jordan. Um, I don't have the answer. I know you kind of have to have an opinion, but I don't think Aaron would sit out because of the financial ramifications. But I do think it's going to be very uncomfortable when he does show up.
2: Sean, I'd love to get your take on another win total—a uh, win total that I got down on the over for the Cleveland Browns over ten and a half mm. wins. So, my take on this one. What I like about this one, Sean, number one, juice to the over. I'm a guy who likes really. I like juiced up uh, win totals because it kind of gives you a look behind the curtain at where the liability is, where the money's coming in. So, that over ten and a half with the Browns is minus one twenty. Uh, they went eleven and five last year. Again, you're getting that extra game this year. Baker Mayfield has made some leaps here the last couple seasons. You're going to get Odell Beckham back. We saw on Twitter uh, him running like 100 miles an hour on a treadmill, looking pretty good coming back from injury. You still have that really good running game. Uh, But what do you think? Would you make a play on that over 10 and a half? Are you bullish on the Browns this year?
4: I'm not bullish on the Browns, but I do think and I agree with the fact that if they make the natural progression – Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Odell comes back, and he's 85 90% of who he was before the injury. That young defense continues to gain more experience and play with more consistency. I could easily see them winning 10-and-a-half. You know, the reason I'm kind of not touching Cleveland is I could see the opposite just as easily. Mm-hmm. If Baker goes back to the mistake, Turnover-prone guy right. it was a year before. And there becomes some friction within the locker room if Odell's not being a significant part of the offense. Remember, Cleveland won a lot of games last year by turning around, handing the ball off, <laughs> and playing ball control football. So is that going to be okay with their superstar wide receiver? So I think there are some unknowns there, but I do get why you like Cleveland. It's a no-touch for me because I can see both sides happening just as easily.
3: You know, looking at Super Bowl odds, too, the Rams 12-1. to 1. Um, your thoughts it's no on brainer. Matthew Stafford? I, I, think, I think
4: the Rams are the biggest threat to the Bucks in the NFC. Wow, okay. Because I think Stafford fits exactly what Sean McVay and crew want to do. Mm-hmm. They want to push the ball vertically down the field in that play-action passing game. They want to challenge people. They really want to be the California version of the Chiefs. Now, they were limited with Jared Goff because that's not his strong point. He's a wiry kind of guy. He's more of a rhythm thrower than he is. I have a huge arm, and I can consistently fit the ball in tight windows. So I just think Matthew fits what they want to do much better. And the one knock on Matthew is he hadn't really been a great leader, but didn't have to be there in, in, in um, L.A. Right? Because the Rams have a bunch of established, mm-hmm. accomplished guys. So I think it's perfect. His talent fits that system. That's all they need. I, I'm really high on the Rams.
2: Sean, less win total I'll throw at you here. And again, it's great to pick your brain with a lot of these. And I can tell you're a wise guy the way you talk about betting. So uh, it's great to have you at the network now. But um, the Houston Texans, their win total is four. It's the lowest of any team in the NFL.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Stop right now. It's too high, Josh.
2: (laughs) It's like the rent. The rent's too high. But I, I would say. The under four, it's juiced up minus 115. They go four and 12 with Watson. Have you heard anything about Watson? Do you expect to see him play this year? You know, with, uh, you know, Casario, the new GM, he's been stockpiling, you know, draft picks for quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks. That under, I agree with you, and your reaction kind of tells me you're with me on this under four, but sell me on this under four. It seems like a no-brainer. But is it a no-brainer?
4: I think it is. I mean, I can't name five guys that play for the Houston Texans. <laughs> I mean, this has kind of been like what NBA teams do when they get rid of all their good players and they start from scratch. And you like you watch them in game one. You like who are these guys? Right. Like I think Houston's going to be very similar to that as to what happens with Deshaun Watson. I mean, the entire thing has gone cold. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Has he shown up for mandatory minicamp? Did he not show up? Was it a mutual agreement with him and the organization? You don't have to come yet until the off-the-field stuff is is resolved. Like, There's so much going on there. There's no way that they can have the culture and the character it takes to be a successful team. So I would take the under there. I think four is high. Okay. They could be pushing this uh, 06 Lions.
3: Right. Uh, We're also hearing, (laughs) I I hear you, um, uh, to not even win a game. I mean, um, so Trevor Lawrence down there in Jacksonville, um, you got uh, Lamar Jackson up there in Baltimore. Uh, Who's going to have the bigger impact? Because they're trying to change the offense up there in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. I guess put him on the center a little bit more with Lamar Jackson. Uh, And then. The whole Tim Tebow thing uh, and Trevor Lawrence, uh, certainly a lot of people from a betting perspective looking for Trevor Lawrence to have a big year.
4: I don't see him having a big year. Okay. I think he's going to have a notable year, meaning that we're going to know exactly every throw and what happens. Is it complete, incomplete? Because mm-hmm. it's a big story. Right. Urban Myers there. He's the number one pick. You know, He's a kid that's kind of been ordained as a number one pick since probably about 14, 15. So he's going to get a lot of coverage. Having said that, Jacksonville's not very good. Now, they've tried to upgrade and enhance the roster, you know, through free agency, but it takes time. Like, they're going to play a lot of young kids at key positions. This is a developmental organization. They have a coach that's never coached in the National Football League, so Urban's kind of learning on the fly. So I, I just think there will be a lot of inconsistency there. He'll have some moments. Then I think there will be some times when they look like the Jacks.
3: Okay. Uh, Josh, Applebaum, you know, when you have an NFL quarterback in studio, uh, we get to keep it for oh. one more segment. Absolutely. Uh, Sean King. Love it. I know. So, Sean King, uh, he's going to stay in studio with us. We'll get back to the National Football League, uh, maybe the NBA as well, if he's so inclined uh, to talk about those situations uh, in the NBA playoffs. I don't know about hockey. We'll find out, too.
4: Hey, I love hockey. Go Lightning.
3: All right. We'll find out all that and more. Come up next, right here on D10, the Sports Ready Network. With the current meet ending Saturday at Churchill Downs, the Ron Flatter Racing Pod offers a preview from Louisville. Hall of Famer Steve Ashmussen will discuss his plans for the summer, plus his pursuit of the North American record for most wins by a trainer. Churchill Downs TV analyst Scott Shapiro will look at the Stephen Foster stakes and other races on the card. DraftKings Sportsbook's Johnny Avello will handicap weekend races around the country. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is available for download every Friday morning at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts and is sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back to the show with Betting Across America. We are presented by BetMGM, Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host in studio with us right now, Sean King. Former National Football League quarterback, Tampa and Arizona, now sports better. Yeah. Sports better. Go Tampa Bay into the break. Uh, he likes the lightning, uh, Josh. But I want to ask you about these quarterbacks in these passing totals because, again, 17 regular season games, uh, Sean, uh, it's incredible the numbers that these guys could put up. So the totals for Patrick Mahomes, 50, 50 and a half, 5,050 yards and a half. Uh, Matthew Stafford, we talked about him, 4,700 and a half. Josh Allen,
4: 4,600 and a half.
3: Uh, where do you stand with some of these uh, passing totals for these quarterbacks?
4: i take the over in all three. Okay. I think passing yardage is a lot easier to accumulate now. I mean, offenses are more wide open. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more no huddle earlier in games, whereas in the past it was just two minutes before the half or at the end of the game. I also think the fact that the receivers aren't as afraid of any significant contact. You know, because yes. the rules forbid, like, lean with your helmet. So they're a lot more, I say, full of courage <laughs> to go and make difficult catches. But I think those guys are talented. They're mm-hmm. definitely going to throw the ball a lot. They're all in explosive offenses. I could see all three of those guys going over the total.
2: Sean, there's so many different games props I could run by you, but I want to ask kind of a bigger level question, like, in terms of your experience with sports betting, you know we have a lot of new viewers, new listeners, you know, tuning into VSEN every day, and new states are legalizing all the time. If you were to walk up, or someone walked up to you at the book and said, "I've never bet on a game before in my life, but I want to get in on sports betting," what are just some basic tips? Any anything that people have told you along the years, things that you would stress to people, just some tips that you throw out throw out to people who are new to betting that you think are important to know?
4: You no, know, I think the two things that I live by is first of all have the discipline and always walk away. You know, there'll be some days you walk in the book and there's just nothing up there that really jumps off. And then the second thing is find value. Like, I think you're always looking for value, like value. Like, you know, I don't want to take a whole lot of minus 300, minus 400 wagers. I want to try and find some, some plus bets that make sense. You know, that's kind of how I approach it because you don't have to be as successful as often. You know, if you're playing a lot of, you know, plus 235 Canadians over the Vegas Knights Mm -hmm. last night, you know, you can win, you know, a little less often if you're taking, you know, a a lot of the, 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 the big favorites.
3: Yeah. That's one of the things that I had to learn, uh, and quickly. Uh, don't bet everything because everything right. looks great. You got great. me to walk away sometimes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, so uh, you don't have a favorite sport. I mean, I guess your favorite sport to bet on is the one that you can cash a ticket with. Right. I'm
4: pulling from my pockets always. Right. Always pulling. Always pulling from my
3: pockets. So from uh, NBA perspective, uh, the playoffs, NHL. Wh- where are you going here? I mean, what are you thinking right now with these uh, these situations?
4: You know, speaking of Tampa, the, the Bucks being plus eight hundred, I had a preseason wager on the Lightning. They were Plus eight fifty, and that looks like great value right now. So all of you guys that bet futures, take the bucks. That plus eight hundred, you'll thank me later.
2: Sean, I'll throw this at you. We're down to obviously the final four in the NBA, and you have two kind of co favorites. You still have the Bucks Uh, plus one ten is the favorite to win the NBA title, but the Suns are right behind them plus one twenty five. Now they're going to get Chris Paul back. Uh, If you could pick one or the other, the plus one ten with the Bucks or the plus-125 with the Suns, which futures ticket would you rather be holding right now?
4: I think I'd rather take the Bucks. And you know, I truly think the NBA wants the Milwaukee Bucks to win the NBA title this year. They're one of the few small markets that had a big-time elite future Hall of Famer come up for free agency and decide to stay with that team. And I'm talking about Greek Freak. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the NBA wants. They don't want these guys jumping from team to team year after year. So I, I think if the calls come down to determining the game, I think the NBA is pulling for the Bucks. so I'm pulling for the Bucs.
3: He's Sean King, former National Football League quarterback. I got to ask you this question about that 2000 was, it playoffs it was a playoff against Rams. It wasn't catch. I had to ask.
4: I mean, I I'm convinced the referee bet the Rams. Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Okay. It's full disclosure. I have a lot of comedy in what I say. That's part of my comedic uh, act. <laughs> I don't know if you're kidding I don't kidding get any right emails there, from the NFL. No, okay. I was yeah, you're kidding. Okay. You know what's crazy about that? I know we're mm-hmm. short on time. We didn't even know they were replaying it. Right. We had called timeout. We were getting ready to run another play, and the ref is over there. I'm like, well, that's an interesting device. Why is he looking? Is he filming the game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's on a
3: replay. Oh, man. It was a pleasure to have you in studio. Sean King. Uh, follow him on Twitter at RealSeanKing. Uh, excellent, excellent job. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, there he goes right there on the program. Coming up next, uh, Dwayne Colucci. We'll get back to hockey. Let's come up next. This summer, it's time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new VSIN gear. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs all with the VSIN logo, or fun sports betting sayings like cashing tickets is what it's all about, and it's not under till it's over. Visit the VSIN store today at slash store and find the perfect item for yourself or as a gift. That's slash store. Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. Uh, Also on the program right now, Dwayne Colucci, Racing Sports Manager at the Rampart here in Vegas. Dwayne, how are you?
6: Doing great, Mike, as always. Thank you.
3: Always. Always a pleasure to have you on the program, (laughs) uh, Dwayne. And you know what? I I wanted to ask you, uh, because I want to keep it simple, I think. Um, I don't want to overthink it when it comes to hockey and comes to betting these uh, NFL, uh, NHL playoff games. Uh, Tampa minus one forty-five, defending Stanley Cup champions, closeout situation on the road against New York. I get it, but don't want to overthink it. Um, a good chance to back Tampa. I'm thinking, uh, Dwayne.
6: Yeah, definitely. Don't overthink it. I mean, the Islanders have a fabulous home ice advantage mike but after that eight nothing shellacking i mean that was pretty impressive i have to say and now you have these Tampa Bay Lightning firing on all cylinders and uh, nikita kucherov i can't i can't speak enough about this guy he now has 27 points in the playoffs matching his age he's only 27 years old Braden Point, Steven Stamkos is starting to play great now. And you combine that with Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, it's going to be really tough for the Islanders to win tonight, guys. I really, even though they're at the Nassau Coliseum, I think it's going to be very difficult. That game is definitely have, has to be playing on their mind. And it was such a whitewash. And when a team that is the defending champion does that to you, uh, you start second-guessing yourself, guys.
2: Dwayne, it's great to talk hockey with you once again. We're down to the final four, of course, and uh, you know I wanted to ask you about the the total in tonight's game because uh, I agree with what you guys said. I think Tampa is the better team. I think uh, Tampa nine times out of ten, you know, wins this game here. But I got scared off a little bit by some movement to the aisles, so I don't think I'm going to touch the money line here. But I like the under. I want to get your take, Dwayne. You know, a lot of these books are five juiced up over. We see this a lot in the playoffs. You know, five juiced up over, then it goes to five and a half juiced up under. It's kind of a back and forth here. But I have noticed when the total is five and a half in a Stanley Cup playoff game this uh, postseason, the unders 31 and 21, 60%. You also maybe have an overreaction. So many goals last game. Maybe you're thinking recency bias. It's got to go over again. But we have seen the under go 2-0 at Nassau Coliseum in this series. Do you have a take on this total? And of course, you know if you're the if you're the Islanders, you got to expect that you got to keep this thing low scoring if you have any shot at this game.
6: Yeah, Josh, the Islanders have to tighten it up. That's why at the Rampart and South Point, we have a five and over is minus 130 on that total. You know, I'm kind of sticking with Tampa because I have a lot of uh, futures and stuff with them. So I, I think for them they have to play their ace game. They have to score, Josh. So, I'm liking the over a little. I cashed on it last game, and I'm going to stick with that formula. Uh, I know it's going against you, but I just think this offense right now is too powerful, and the Islanders are going to have to score first, and I believe they're going to have to score very early, guys. They have to make a statement. You have to get that crowd rebel-roused and fired up, and Barzal and these guys got to take a lot of chances. Don't get me wrong. You know They could definitely score and could put the puck in the net with pagio and all those other guys. But I think Tampa's just too strong. And I, I think the Islanders will score a couple of times tonight. But I think Tampa's good for another four spot, guys, at least four goals tonight.
3: Yeah, I was looking at that game four situation, too. Uh, even when the uh, Islanders had the lead, uh, they jumped out on Tampa Bay 3-0. Uh, But then here comes Tampa Bay, and and the Islanders had to hold on back then, too. So uh, just intrigued about that minus uh, 145 uh, with Tampa Bay and the game. Closeout situation, too, Dwayne. Yeah,
6: big game. and definitely a lot of pressure on the Islanders. Like I said, Mike, you know, anytime you're facing that closed out, it's very, very difficult. And like I said, you know, a team that's been there and done that, like Tampa, they're definitely looking to, uh, you know, they smell the blood and they're going to put the kill down tonight. I believe the series does end tonight, guys.
2: Wayne, real quick, what was it like as a result for the sportsbook last night at the Rampart with that Vegas Golden Knights game? You know, did you get a lot of just chalk betters in Vegas, lay with the Knights, no questions asked? Did you take in any respected money there on the dog with the Habs? Because I did see Montreal, you know, they dipped a little bit. They're like plus 220-ish down to plus 210-ish. Um, how was that as a result for you behind the counter?
6: Yeah, Josh, it worked both ways because what you have is the general public that's just smashing the Vegas Golden Knights, but the sharp money comes in on Montreal. So it was good two way action, but, you know, nothing significant where we made a chunk of change. uh, I believe, you know, between the South Point and Rampart, it was almost a break even night, if not lose a little. So, uh, you know, this is a difficult series. Sharp bettors and people that follow the NHL, like myself, like you guys, they're starting to get a sense now that Montreal is is definitely involved in this series and it looks like the Knights are a step slow you know a lot of their key players are not playing or performing as well as they did in the regular season so the Sharps definitely jump on that and what you have is some good two-way action because you're always going to have the general public that wants that uh, you know Vegas Golden Knight victory and they'll purchase some tickets on that so it's great right now to have a great handle two-way especially in this series which is a very unique series because no Everybody gave the Canadians a shot at the start. But now in T-Mobile last night, guys, you had the Vegas Golden Knight fans actually booing in certain aspects of the game. And, you know, that's not cool to set that atmosphere. They've done so much for this town. And I'll tell you, it was a strange feeling, even though I'm rooting for Montreal. So, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a great series, guys.
3: It's a great series. And and you look at this next game, uh, Montreal plus 130 uh, to win in sixth, uh, Dwayne. Uh, The Canadians are plus 125 uh, in in that situation right there uh, in this matchup against the Knights.
6: Yeah, this is going to be a good game, Mike. I tell you, Montreal's really going to look to put the kill down. They have to. I mean, I I wouldn't want to come back to the fortress and give them a little momentum, but it seems like the Knights play better on the road. So this is a difficult game to handicap. Uh, Carey Price has got to be on the top of his game. I'm probably going to bet Montreal in both the games because I think they're good enough guys now. You know, uh, I just don't see it. Riley Smith has disappeared. Everybody says, you know, Mark Stone, where's he at? And Pacioretty finally got on the scorer's sheet, but, you know, they're starting to lag behind, and that was a really, really dominating game. It didn't look good last night from a Golden Knights perspective, and Montreal with these young kids, I mean, Cole Caulfield is just a superstar in the making, Nick Suzuki is a beast, Montreal's going to be very tough, especially in the Bell Center.
3: It's Dwayne Colucci, a racing sports manager at the Rampart here in Vegas. You can follow him on Twitter at NYBookieDwayne. Dwayne, as always, thanks again for the time.
6: Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it, guys.
3: All right, take care. When we come back uh, after this break, we got Josh Applebaum's grossest Player of the Day. Uh, also visit Major League Baseball and uh, that schedule. That's coming up next. parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types you can make a one game parlay bet on the stanley cup playoffs mlb and your favorite soccer leagues log into your betmgm account and create the parlay of your dreams or sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to six hundred dollars using bonus code vsen600 it's a new customer offer paid in free bets visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions must be at least 21 located in colorado iowa indiana michigan new jersey nevada pennsylvania tennessee virginia or west virginia excludes michigan disassociated persons please gamble responsibly gambling problem 1-800-522-4700 in colorado nevada and virginia 1-800-270-7117 for help in michigan 1-800-GAMBLER in new jersey pennsylvania and west virginia one 800 Bet. Off in Iowa, one 800 with it in Indiana. In Tennessee, call or text the red line 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. Josh, uh, always look forward to your Market Insights podcast as well as doing shows with you here on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for sure. Uh, you have some news in regards to uh, sports betting uh, across the country here.
2: Yeah, a lot of news here, Pritch. So yesterday was a huge day for legalized sports betting mm-hmm. pretty much in all of North America. So if anyone missed this, it was a big momentous vote in the Canada Senate yesterday. The Canada Senate... Uh, Voted 57 to 20, pretty lopsided, you know, overwhelming vote in favor of legalized sports betting. So, the the Safe and Regulated Sports Betting Act had passed yesterday in Canada. Canada is home to 38 million people. It's about the size of California, which is, you know, California is about the fifth biggest economy in the world. This is just a huge, huge victory for sports betters in Canada. And what was interesting to me, Pritch, is that Canada actually had legalized sports betting uh, prior to yesterday. The difference was there was this weird. Uh, stipulation that when you place a bet in Canada, you were forced to bet on multiple events at the same time. So basically, you had to bet parlays. And really, that is really tough for sports betters because parlays—they're very attractive. You want to, you know, turn a little bit of money into a lot. But Pritch, you've been working with me long enough that I'm—I'm I'm kind of an anti-parlay guy. They're kind of the penny slot uh, to the sports books. They provide a big edge to the house and not the regular uh, sports better so just want to congratulate canada for legalizing sports betting this is huge a new market that is now going legal here and now you can wager on any event single game event which is big for bettors also uh louisiana mm-hmm. governor john bell edwards uh signed the louisiana sports betting legalization bill into law yesterday so this is momentous as well louisiana is now the 30th state Pritch, in america to legalize sports betting plus washington dc You have 21 states that are live with legal betting. Now we're up to 30 that have legalized. So that means 60% of the country is now living in a legalized state with sports betting. So that's just great to see. Another big domino in the state of Florida, the Sunshine State, there's a big push right now uh, to put a sports betting bill um, passage or put it on the ballot for the 2022 election. So you may have, uh, as long as you get the signatures, which is most likely gonna happen, they could be up for a vote to the people of Florida whether or not to legalize betting in 2022. you got to imagine right now that's looking pretty good to, to pass. And then lastly Pritch, Ohio, great state of Ohio, mm-hmm. you know, rich with with tons of fans, diehard fans pro teams. We know all that. Uh, Ohio passed their sports betting bill yesterday in the Senate. Uh, this now moves forward and we may get legalized sports betting fully passed in Ohio at the end of June. So Pritch, a lot going on right now. And if you're guessing, yes, I'm still waiting on Massachusetts. But otherwise, <laughs> it's looking good. Everywhere else, it's looking good, Bridge.
3: Yeah, you have Vinny down the block, though, uh, out there in Boston, though. That's still, right. No, uh, that's outstanding news. Uh, and thanks again for those updates uh, right there, uh, Josh. Let's get back to the NBA playoffs. Uh, Atlanta, Milwaukee, we've seen this line go up. Uh, Milwaukee minus eight out here now, in Vegas 225 and a half uh, is a total. We had Adam Burke uh, on the show earlier. And, you know, he took the Hawks, I think he said, plus seven and a half. Uh, so if people took the Hawks, they see this line climb, uh, Josh, I mean, what do you do there uh, in terms of uh, a betting uh, situation? I mean, you wanted that number for the Hawks, you got it, but yet you, st- you still saw uh, that market uh, move towards the Bucks in this game.
2: Yeah, so Pritch, from a betting philosophy standpoint, I'm of the opinion that if you make a bet, you stick with your bet. You know, a lot of people will say you can buy out of a bet. You can bet the other side. You know, theoretically, if, if you know, if our guy Adam got Hawks plus seven and a half, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you could go the other way, get a little bit and try to get yourself out of the bet. I'm of the opinion that you make, you know, you sleep in the bed that, that you made there, Pritch. So uh, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. I think the worst thing that betters can do is compound their losses. Like if you bet, you know, Hawks plus seven and a half. Now you grab them again at eight. You feel like, oh, I'm getting a better number now. But what if they lose by 10 and you lose both of your bets and you turn one loss into two losses? So, again, I feel like you stick with one bet that you made. You may have other betters tell you differently. But I just would hate to compound my one loss and turn it into two. Now, in terms of just what we're seeing with the line movement, you know, we are seeing a little bit of buyback on the eight and a half. A lot of these books that got up to bucks minus eight and a half, it looks like they're trending back down to eight. So maybe based on that movement where at one point the bucks got down to seven, and I'll, be, I'll admit, Pritch, I was surprised this thing rose as high as it did today. It looks like that 8.5, you might be getting a little buyback on the Hawks, bringing it back down to 8 at some of these shops. So if you like the Hawks, you may want to grab the 8.5 now because it looks like it's going to fall. Uh, the reason why this is a layoff for me, Pritch, mm-hmm. is just back and forth. I don't see a clear edge one way or the other. I feel like the Hawks plus the points, it, it, the line's a little bit high, but I don't want to bet based on feeling, Pritch. I want to bet based on data, and the right. data is telling me that the Bucks are taking in respected money. Two-thirds of bets are on the Hawks, but yet the line is going to the Bucks. So I don't want to go directly against a sharp, pay-the-trendy-dog reverse-line move play there. So to me, I'm not touching this, Brett. It's too erratic both ways. My play here is the under. I took that under 226 pitch, it opened 227. Some books are down to 225 And a half. And my play there would be, number one, the line's falling. The market's telling you that some respected money uh, on the under is coming in. But then also, Atlanta, 9-2-1 to the under this playoffs. Milwaukee seven and four to the under and can't stress this enough. You know, the play that cash on the under last night, same match tonight, you get in the conference finals and you get a high total of two twenty or more. The under is 10 and two over the last decade. So uh, I'm going to play that under pitch, and I can't really fault you. If you like the Hawks and the points, I can't fault you. If you like, the Bucks laying the points. To me, it's too unclear. And if I don't have a clear edge, I'm laying off. I'm just going under in this
3: yeah, one. Yeah, some people are just going to have to ride out that plus seven and a half and, and cross their fingers, yeah. I imagine. Um, let's get to baseball. Atlanta and the Mets. Uh, Josh, you don't have a gross play of the day today, uh, I've been told, but the Mets uh, at home, minus 121 at nine is the total.
2: Yeah, so I was going through my gross plays, and a lot of these kind of make sense. I don't know. My My perception is maybe you'll find these to be gross or not, but um, I do like the Mets here in this one, Pritch. So, number one, uh, I like this line movement to the New, York, the New York Mets. This game opened at about a minus 108, minus 110 with the Mets. Very slight favorite. You know, some books open, you know, closer to a pick em, basically. And you have the majority of bettors saying, give me the Atlanta Braves here. And it makes sense. The Braves cashed yesterday. Uh, the Mets won the opener. The Braves have won the last two. And it's like, hey, I'll take a shot here on the Braves at another plus money payout. But I like about this one, Pritch. Even though the public's all over Atlanta, Lions going to the Mets. The Mets open again. Round minus 110. They've been bet up to round 120 here. This would be a, a spot to me to buy low on the Mets at home, who happen to be the best home team in all of baseball right now. I believe they're 21 and 9. So, like that move to the Mets. I'll take a shot on the Mets tonight.
3: Okay, how about this game? Uh, Boston, Tampa. Tampa has lost seven in a row. They're at home, uh, minus 143, total of nine. So, you got a divisional dog uh, with Boston, who's in first place, by the way. Uh, in that division, uh, and then a total of nine. Uh, where are you going here?
2: Pritch, you are getting so sharp, my man. I I'm love telling it. you, uh, this watch out. Play, I know, you're, you're killing it, my man, but I like the Red Sox here. Not because okay. I'm a Red Sox fan, but they fit my model. I like this play. Number one, as you mentioned, Pritch, divisional dog high total. In the division, with based on so much familiarity, it levels the playing field. Uh, the high total, good for dogs, because more expected runs scored, leads to more upset opportunities, more variance. But I also like that the public, believe it or not, they're on Tampa here. I think the pitching matchup, you know, Rich Hill's got better numbers than Garrett Richards, who's struggled here a bit. But this line really hasn't moved at all. Open minus 145, kind of stayed minus 145. And I think what you like with the Red Sox right now, 24 and 12 on the road, 18 and eight as a dog, matching both of those systems here. And I wanna give uh, our buddy Josh Towers some credit yesterday. Remember Josh Towers said, the Rays are really streaky. When they're when they're hot, mm-hmm. they stay hot and they can rip off 15 games in a row. When they struggle, these these losing streaks can continue. So, I think right now the Sox team uh hitting the ball well, this Rays team, you know, in a bad streak right now basically. I'll take a shot on a plus money Red Sox play. And Pritch, this is beautiful because they're my favorite team and they fit my model and I can feel good saying, "Hey, I'm not betting with my heart. I'm betting with my model." So, I'll give me the Red Sox here plus 135.
3: Uh yeah, they have been a surprise uh this year, that offense. Uh, Josh uh, has been spectacular so far. How about the Dodgers and the Padres? Uh, Padres minus 115, seven and a half to total.
2: Yeah, this play to me, I'm going to take a shot on the Padres here, Pritch, because number one, it's kind of a gambler's fallacy play. You know, I think the gambler's fallacy is basically the Dodgers are great. They can't possibly be swept tonight, but don't fall into those traps. Look at what the data is telling you. We had this open at pretty much a pick on both sides around minus 105. You have about two thirds of bets on Trevor Bauer and the Dodgers and it makes sense it's like you know Trevor Bauer's great he's getting plus money you've got to take that with the Dodgers that's a spot that doesn't come around too often however this line is going to San Diego mm-hmm. San Diego open -105 they're up two round -115 you would match a system match here a favorite with a low total uh so that is meaningful as well and i just like the fact that San Diego's playing pretty well right now They ripped off a few in the a few in the row uh again they've won the first two games of the series I'm gonna take the Padres by low on the pods as a pay the trendy dog contrarian favorite tonight with a line move in their favor.
3: Okay, and then uh hockey playoffs, Josh. Uh closeout situation. Uh, I think earlier in the show we were talking about this. Uh the total is five. Uh you were looking at the under.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at the under. I I get I'm getting nervous here. Our buddy Dwayne, who's sharp as attack, he liked the over there, so that doesn't make me feel too great. But I am gonna go under. I am gonna shop around. I did get access to a five and a half again, look at wherever you're, you're betting on sports. And again, don't just bet through one sports book, have multiple outs, shop for the best line, look for a book that provides both the five and the five and a half. If you can find the hook. I'm going under here. It's minus 140. It's a little pricey but Pritch, I think we get another low scoring game here in a closeout opportunity. I'm not touching the money line. Okay. Give me the under though.
3: Well, keep it going. I mean, like I said, you're on a heater, man. Uh, yesterday was a good day uh, and a great night. So uh, keep it going.
2: Ime Udoka, welcome to Boston, French. I love it.
3: That's right. There you go. Uh, nice job cashing these tickets. The draft lottery, uh, all, all, everything. Uh, Josh Applebaum doing a great job. Uh, coming up next uh, on vSin, uh here we go with uh, my guys in the desert. Coming up next right here on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: MOPlay. 18 plus.